Hey y'all, welcome. My name is Caitlin Darty, and welcome to my podcast, Hot Takes with Kate. In this podcast, we'll discuss all things life, athletics, relationships, and faith. I cannot wait for you to come along on this journey with me and have great conversations with so many amazing people. Let's get honest and bring on the hot takes. Hey y'all, and welcome to the first episode of Hot Takes with Kate. On the episode today, we have one of my best friends and confidants, Montana Watts, who lives right here in Dallas, Texas, actually right next to me. And she was previously a D1 volleyball player and is now working in the corporate world. She has the cutest three-year-old Beagle Scout and just recently got engaged to the man of her dreams. Montana, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited. Yeah, we have quite a few hot topics to cover. I'm ready. Let's bring it on. Bring it. All right, let's just, let's start out strong. Uh, what is your hot take on athletics? So this is a hot take because I feel like, obviously in the past few years, NIL has become a huge thing for college athletics. And being an athlete right before that actually happened, um, I don't know. I still don't like it. Like, I just don't really support it. I do understand and see the arguments from both sides, but personally, when you're thinking about as an athlete, everything you have to balance, that's just another thing, A. The second thing is you're getting, what's the incentive to want to go pro or to get a job if you're making millions of dollars, you know, hypothetically in college? Like what makes you motivated to want to go beyond? And then the third part of it is, you know, you're not really playing for the team, you're playing for yourself. And so it's just feeding into that. It's all about me culture. So for me, my hot take is that the NIL is stupid. (laughs) Straight up. You know, that's a very controversial topic in athletics right now because a lot of people did want to get paid for athletics and a lot of people thought that was, you know, going against kind of the morals of it. So I I think, right, like a lot of people have their – opinion and their statement but I, I agree with you you know we we tend to get so focused on ourselves and ultimately we're both Christians and so in athletics that's that, true that was that was <laughs> that was a, a big part in how we looked at things yeah so yeah and not to say Christians can't believe the other way but I think, right. I think there's just arguments for both. I think it's really more about like if the school pays you, I see when people get like the Jersey sales, like if someone is buying a Jersey with your name on it, you should profit from that because it's literally your name. But -hmm. then when you're getting a sponsorship from like Gatorade because of your sport, I think if people who are TikTok and they're influencers outside of the college, they should be able to do what they want. But when it's really all about like your performance is tied to the payment, that's why you become a professional athlete. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's a very valid point. Yeah, I agree with the whole social media side of it as well. I think yeah. athletes should be able to take incentives for that because they're building that platform on their own. Yeah. So it's just messy, bro. It's yeah. just messy. All right. So let's get into a little bit about your athletic story. Um, tell us, when did you start volleyball? How many years you played total? And what was it kind of like getting recruited yeah so funny of course growing up I was a country club kid so I did all the sports tennis golf swim did gymnastics you know just kind of got thrown in everything soccer um and so when I was about 
eight years old, I was getting really good at tennis, but I wanted to, my dad was like my coach in volleyball, you know, they just threw kids on a team. And it's, as the years went on, and I was kind of the standout on my wreck of volleyball team, woo, big whoop there. Um, it, it was really between, do you want to do tennis or volleyball? And I remember at the time being like, I just love like being around friends and people. And so I want that team environment. Not that tennis, it is definitely a team, but it is more of like when you're performing an individual sport. So I started playing volleyball and I started playing club or the select and travel team when I was 11. And every year from when I was 11 to through 18s, I went to nationals, all the stuff. And it was literally the best time of my life. I honestly look back today and I'm like, I wish I could go back to that time. I was naive. I just had fun. And there was no pressure, and I just loved the sport. So, you know, fast forward to high school, w- recruiting is starting. I started getting letters in, like, eighth grade. And at that time, wow. you know, we're kind of old. So this is, like, that was weird already for how young it is. And I really started looking into colleges at 15 years old. What 15-year-old knows what they want? <laughs> no, none. The answer is none. Um, but... Whatever, all that to say, I took a few visits and then really when I visited SMU, which is where we went, and Southern Methodist University in Dallas, I lived 40 minutes from home. Um, The incentive was like, you know, my parents can come to almost every home game to watch. The education's really good. They offered me a pretty great scholarship opportunity for the position I played. If you can't tell, I'm short. Short people don't get the love, man. Well, they don't get the love. Montana, majority of people listening to this are probably via audio. So how tall are you? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm five, five and a half. Okay. Max doesn't think I'm five, six, but I do in shoes. Yeah. Max is her fiance. (laughs) (laughs) He tells me I'm short. And. All that to say, I'm a little person. They don't get the love like the taller ones do in my sport. And really, it was just crazy. I'll never forget that it was actually Cinco de Mayo. And I had just gotten off the phone with another school. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, you know, SME is it. So this time, I'm a 16-year-old. And I commit in the spring of my sophomore year in high school. And I'm like, great, that's it. It's done. But I remember being so scared, like, calling coaches and, like, writing emails. I was like, Mom, you have to help me, like, write an email. (laughs) Like, seriously? Like, I send text messages all the time. It's similar. Like, I know how to communicate. It just was funny and really weird. But I committed so early that I didn't – it was nice because I didn't have to deal with the stress the rest of the time. Um, But sometimes – and, of course, I don't live with regrets. But sometimes I'm like, I probably could have waited and – explore more options and maybe that would have affected things but honestly I'm grateful for where where I landed to be see I think that's so interesting hearing your recruiting process because for each sport it's different like I rode so we had to sign up for like a be recruited account at the time like it was like be recruited website and we had to reach out like I reached coaches reached out to me but I also reached out to coaches oh yeah did you do that? Oh, yeah. Dude, the oh, emails okay. broke. <laughs> no, but, like, did you initiate? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Hey, here's all the times I'm competing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, super awkward, and they're probably reading it now, and they're like, what the heck? <laughs> but you guys you guys commit so early. See, like, rowing, mm. you don't start usually until your freshman year of high school. I think now 
it's earlier, but you don't commit usually until your junior, senior year. And that's how it should be. Maybe that'll be my next hot take, but we'll save that for a different episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. Awesome. All right. So I guess what was your four years of playing volleyball in college like post that recruiting process? Different than what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) For better or worse, um, I felt like the best time in your life as an athlete is when you are committed but you're not there yet because you were just like, everyone thinks you're really good and you're probably are good for your area and you're just, you know, thriving. You're at the, you know, signing day, wearing all your gear. Like you're just showing off and people are like, Oh, and then you get to college and you're back to being the little fish in the big pond. Right? Like no one cares about you. Everyone was literally you at that point. Um, but my freshman year, we actually were very successful in our program and we went to the NCAAs. It was just a lot of hard work. I felt like in the past, my coaches, to be honest, I was just such a kiss up. Like I felt like I always got great treatment from coaching coaches, whether it was high school or the select volleyball. And then you get to college and you're just restarting, right? It's a fresh palate. No one really knows your reputation and you have to just work hard and, and earn it. And I was definitely very grateful and I got the chance to play and be on the court freshman year and learn a lot from those above me but I did not realize just how cutthroat it kind of is a job honestly like it it wasn't as fun like oh I'm going to see my friends like a social thing anymore it was like this is what you do every single day and I think it did take the fun out of it a little bit um because you're just doing over and over you have no choice like I couldn't go choose like I was so excited for practice growing up and just love to play and then in college it was like yeah I'm kind of forced I have to go early have to do weight room and do that I'm sure you get that too yeah it's honestly it's kind of sad that you know a lot of athletes feel that way because why did you start your sport you started it because you loved it and it was fun yeah you know and social like it was the way you socially developed to be honest like when you're looking back in hindsight the skills and the different kinds of people you're with because that's like the joy of sports is that you can, anyone can do them. Um, does it matter about your, you know, your class or your race or your ethnicity or where you're from? It's like everyone plays. And so um, that's why we love it. But the rest of college was fine. Definitely really hard. Had a lot of mentally challenging moments, to be honest. Um, saw a sports therapist, which I never thought I'd ever have to do that. But I felt like I got in some pretty dark times. Oh, and then, you know, layer that on top of, we have school, you're in a new place, I have no friends, so I'm just, it's like me and Kendall, which <laughs> is my other best friend. I'm like, it's just us two, and we're trying to figure it out. Um, so I don't know, it was just a lot of factors that previously we didn't have when you're growing up. You were just like, sport, you know, I'm loving it. And then in the college, it all tied in together and just became a lot. Um, I think overall, again, no regrets. It was hard. It was challenging. It was just different Mm. than what I thought. Yeah. No, I think you kind of romanticize the idea of what college athletics is because definitely no one really tells you what you have to do. I mean, you're practicing four plus hours a day. You are lifting a ton. Your body changes. You're managing a tough workload in school and, and there's a lot going on. Yeah, body changes, that was for sure. I came into college like a pencil. 
And then I weighed 120 pounds. I had no muscle. I'd never even like done a weight workout before. And I remember like the first couple of weeks we're like doing squats and things. I'm like, what the heck is happening here? And you just learn it was just a wild time. Yeah. And then you're like feeling insecure, but even though you're strong and now I'm over here years post-college, I'm like, those were the days, man. I miss those days of being able to lift that much. We did a workout the other day and we can't even like it. I'm sore for a yeah. week. So <laughs> we, could, that's good. We, we couldn't what? Like squat? Like was it? It was like the 20- bar with 10 pounds on each side. And was yeah. Sore. Yeah. It was 10 pounds on each side. That was about it's all okay. we could do. But all that to say. Yeah. It's just different. But you know, your body's constantly changing too. So maybe it prepared us. That's kind of my thought. Yeah. Hopefully I'm like 90 years old and I have good joints because of that. Yeah, so. it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. All right, so I guess, you know, post-college experience, you've been in the corporate world for a while now. Like, what is the biggest life lesson you learned through college athletics? And if what is one piece of advice you would give a college athlete right now? You know, I feel like there is a lot that translates from athletics to corporate America, good old corporate America. I love it so much. But it really is, and this is going to sound super basic, it's that work ethic when, you know, all the times you're thinking about when you did one more or you pushed through or you did extra, when you bring that into the work world, people notice that extra work. Like you're working harder or you're working differently. I would also say in athletics, you kind of are forced to network and talk to a lot of different kinds of people, whether it's like tutors and your trainer and your coaches you're interacting with a lot of different kinds of people and your teammates, right? Each teammate receives feedback differently and you learn how you like receiving feedback. So I feel like all these different little things, when it's you go to work, it's like super easy. I mean, I love talking to people. Clearly, I'm a talker. If you can't tell, I'm not a very quiet person. Um, and I feel like that has just helped me so much, just being able to interact and empathize but also see beyond just the surface level for people because we had to do that every day in practice with your teammates yeah no I I think that's a really good point so I guess right like if you could go back and tell your college self like one thing what would it be Mm. I feel like it's embrace your differences Because a lot of times you're so afraid to play different or to try something different because you want to do exactly what your coach says so you get that affirmation. But when you embrace being different, that's what makes you excel. And that translates directly to work because when you're feeling insecure or you're only wanting the affirmation of your boss or your teammates, you're not growing and you can't go beyond the limits that you set on yourself so I feel like for me it was just it and I finally got it my senior year like embrace just being me I always was trying to conform to what I thought they thought was like the perfect player in my position and that was just not correct yeah I mean that did not unleash my potential you know and so finally when I was like I don't care anymore I'm just gonna be me it worked. And that's the same in the work world. When you just try to be super like cookie cutter, it just is not going to make you stand out. Yeah. 
No, you, you yeah. want to be authentically you. Like that's, yeah. you know, makes a team great too. Yeah. Mont, let's move on to the second hot take. I'm ready. You ready? All right. This is a big one. And this is, you know, I think a lot of people have lots of different hot takes and opinions. But what is your hot take on relationships? Oh, this is a good one. My hot take on relationships, especially, let me provide some context to people. We live in good old Texas, Bible Belt, Southern, and we are also Christians. And so my hot take is that if you are classifying yourself as Christian, or honestly, if you live in the South, you don't need to feel the pressure to get married right away. Meaning, and you know what? It's, I am happy. I know people who have dated for like only a few months and they understand. And I'm like, I'm all for that for them. That is definitely by people's preference. But as we're in these years, like I feel like in your, in Texas, the, in your twenties, there's so much pressure to like find someone and get married. I'm a horrible example of this. I am getting married in my twenties, but I, I didn't never even thought of myself as someone to do that. And I feel like the hot take is that you don't have to feel, I don't know, like it's going to be okay if you date someone for longer than, you know, three months and then before you decide you want to get married. Yeah, I think, I think, (laughs) but I think that's our generation too at the same time. Like we all want things now, right? Like we don't want to wait. We have no, we have no patience. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's the biggest challenge for anyone I mean, through anything, not even just relationships, is to have patience. I mean, I'm I'm as single as a Pringle, as I like to say. And uh, wow, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I am. And you know, I, d- the patience of waiting for a husband when that's the desire of your heart—it's hard. I mean, yeah. that patience is very difficult, and putting your trust in the Lord in that. So, it is. Isn't that funny though? It's in. You know, I was having a great conversation earlier today about, you know, the effects of social media and blah, 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 and how it has just changed culture and what we think. It has totally made us all about ourselves and we need it right now. But what good things have ever come from when you get honestly something like right now, other than like getting your internet back or your power back on the only things like the real good things take time right? Mm. Real good career progression doesn't happen right away. Real good dog training (laughs) doesn't happen in a day. It takes months or years in my case. Um, Cooking doesn't just happen right away. You have to have a process. So in every single thing, but it's funny because in relation, we, but we still want it right away, right? It's this crazy concept that we are provided a lot of things so quickly that now that translates like through social media, I can just get instant satisfaction from seeing something, but in everything in life, the good things take time. And I think in relationships, it's okay to take the time. If you want it really good, it's going to take the time. And if you're patient and you're diligent and you know, you're prayerful, I, I don't see why it wouldn't happen for you. Unless you have a completely different purpose. I mean, I'm not God, so I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. right. It does say like God honors the desires of our heart. I mean, so there's really no reason he wouldn't honor that desire unless he's trying to show us, hey, I got a different direction for you to go. In. But I mean, if that's a true, true desire, I think God really, truly, truly does honor those desires. Yeah. 
Also, singleness is fun. Singleness is great. <laughs> I, remember, I love it. I remember those days. Back in my day, it was so nice. I had freedom to do whatever I wanted. <laughs> Not that it's bad now. It's just different. You yeah. know, like when you really just focus on taking care of yourself, you can have so much growth. It, it, it's again, that concept as good things take time. When you have that time with yourself and a season of it, you get to understand yourself the best in the best ways. You know, treat yourself. You get to, you know, find new hobbies and fun things instead of having to worry about someone else and making sure your time's allotted. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like, too, during my time of singleness, I've grown a lot in my faith, too. And it's like, God really shows you who he is um, and what your purpose is supposed to be right before you get into a relationship with a guy. Like, because that guy is not your purpose. Yeah. He's your partner, but he's not your purpose. Yeah. That's good, man. (laughs) Why is it? Uh, wise talks from Montana and Caitlin. Hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> All right. So let's just wind up a bit. How did you and Max meet? Let's let's tell the love story. Wow. My beloved Maxwell. <laughs> Sorry. He's going to be listening to this. You better keep that one in there. He's going to be listening to this and be like, oh my goodness, Montana. <laughs> He's going to be cringing, but it's okay because you know what? It will be worth it. So it's really funny because some context for myself, for the, the listeners of the five people who listen. <laughs> no, just kidding. You'll get more than that. Well, thanks, Mon. No, that's you will. A, that's Me on there, you'll get like a million. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Great positivity. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, the Max, okay, so in my, my life, I always was dating someone, literally since kindergarten. Kindergarten, I had a boyfriend and he gave me a GameCube controller, and that was true love. Has Max done that for me? No, no. <laughs> no, but, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I felt like I was always just loved boys and was around them and friends with them, but then had a boyfriend. Yeah, in, like, sixth grade. Like, what even is a boyfriend? You can't even go anywhere or on a date. You're just, like, looking at each other in school. I, I don't know. In, like, the classroom. It's just super weird. But I was that girl, and I never felt insecure but maybe it was just something really deeply inside me but I literally had a boyfriend until sophomore year of college or freshman year literally from like five years old till I'm like 19 that's freaking crazy bro like that is not normal but I just always was like that just seems like the right thing to do it checks the box like my life I got the boyfriend the sport blah and it's like that's not what it's about So I went through a couple of bad breakups uh, prior to meeting Max. And I remember just like one day, and it's totally part of like my testimony who I am. I was like with volleyball. And it's funny because that was a part of it too. I was like on my dorm room floor crying. And it was super depressing, honestly, like looking back. I just remember sitting there and I'm like, I'm empty. Like I've emptied my cup. I give everything to everyone. And I just feel like I never get anything back. And that's when I realized I'm like, it's okay to be alone. I just always felt like I needed someone or something to affirm me, but I didn't. And so that really led me on this journey of like, okay, I just need some time with just me. And so for about the next two-ish years or so, I don't know, time flies, man. That's when I finally found like a good group of friends in college. um, And Max happened to be part of the friend group. 
And so the first time I ever met him, literally, I have this, I think this is the first time we met. He was walking out with a girl from the dorm and I was with some of our friends and they were like, oh, this is Max. He lives on the third floor. Everyone else lived on the second floor. He lives on the third floor of the dorm. I'm like, Max and Ruby, Ruby and Max. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I said that. Wow. And what did he, what did he say? And he, he think he just like looked at me or he didn't hear me, but he was like, what the heck? Who's this girl? Um, <laughs> probably. I was very weird and outspoken as usual. I mean, nothing has changed. <laughs> so that was the first time we ever met. And then I think like he just kind of got roped in our friend group over time. Um, I never thought he was like cute at that time or anything. I wasn't attracted to him. I was really in this space of like, no boys. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were it's deep me. into singleness. You were like, I am. I'm reading dating. books. I'm like, oh <laughs> lord. Like I'm just like in my zone. It's great. I'm doing whatever I want. I'm. It was just great. And then one day, and shout out to Nani, because she was like, Max kind of looks good in his, like, black Lululemon shirt, don't you think? I'm like, yeah, you know what? He kind of does look good. And when he has the beard, he looks good, too. And I was like, oh, he kind of is, like, an attractive guy. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, how did I never notice that before? Um, And also, me and him and Nani were Valentines when we were all just friends. Oh, he yeah. totally like he bought my like one dollar ice cream can from McDonald's. And I'm like, I that love was that. him sliding in. McDonald's is the place of true love, honestly. Yeah. Their ice Ex- cream's good. And if the ice cream machine works. Yeah. Then it's, yeah, then I know. It's that's that, that's a new issue now. Yeah. That probably wasn't that wasn't an issue back then. I don't it's think like, so. It's like no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, time goes on. And now we're in, like, apartments. We don't live on campus anymore. And he's living in this little rickety-rackety place that's, like, not close to campus. About, like, 15 minutes away. It's still close, but not, like, right. I lived, like, basically. I mean, we lived Mm -hmm. right next to it. And he would be like, can I park at your apartment while I go to class? I'm like, I guess. And then he would, like, come over after class. Can I study in between? And I'm like... This dude is just trying to, like, be here now. The place was amazing. So I would probably want to be there, that, too. That was the best apartment by far. Oh. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I want to go there every day, too. I still do right now. Anyone have a key? I'd go in there. Yeah, we, we should go. 32, we should 35. go knock on the door and see. see this. Don't say the address. <laughs> we don't live there. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so he started coming over a lot. And then our junior year spring... We, ha- we were like, we should take earthquakes and volcanoes together because we need a science elective. And I'm like, okay, so we take it together. And we're becoming friends. And also, as athletes, we always had to be there in the summer and everyone else just got to go home. But he was doing internships in the summer in Dallas. So, like, we were all kind of in Dallas. So I got to know him a lot better as a friend. And um, my 21st birthday, I was buck wild. And the dude literally, like, slept on the couch the whole night. He didn't go. He drove us to the place of fun. And then when we got back, he was still on the couch, like making sure I was being difficult. And he was like trying to just help me. But y'all were dating at that point. No. I thought you were. No. Which is crazy. He just like wanted to make sure I was okay. And I remember that night, like looking at him, I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) Why would you do that? 
Well, because he liked me, surely. Duh. Yeah. And so anyway, so then we go further on. We have this class together. And then we're like, well, we have to study. And we start getting like flirty. I'm like, what is happening here? This is like kind of weird because I had dated someone in the friend group before and then just made things a little, you know, like you know, it's hard to date someone in the friend group. You don't want to ruin it. Yeah. You don't want to make the group feel weird. And anyways, and then, um, yeah, one day he was like, we, we kind of just, like, were flirting. And then he asked me to go on a froyo date to TCBY. I love that. Because apparently they had that on Waco at one point. And he's like, it's so good. Yeah. And it's froyo. I mean, you can't go wrong. So we had froyo. I think that was, like, May 27th or something. And then over the next few months, we just, like, hung out all the time because we were in class and whatever. And then he officially asked me to be his girlfriend on July 5th in Waco. And this really funny, we were sitting under the stars at the house that we had the engagement party at. Wow. Before it was built. wasn't built yet. Well, and y'all got engaged in Waco. Yeah. So lots of... So lots allegedly of- it's a special place. Yeah, Waco. For both of us. Any any Waco people out there, that's, that's the place. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. So then we dated and then, you know, senior year, he always came to volleyball games and stuff too and... Just was like, nothing got weird. Everyone was like, yeah, we expected that. I'm like, oh, wow, really? I wasn't, was I the only one not seeing it? And then we dated and then, you know, good old coronavirus hits. And it kind of made things weird because we had to live apart. You know, I mean, no one was staying at school. He went back to Waco and I was in McKinney. We tried to like plan when to visit each other. But I thought that was good for our relationship too because it was just like, do we actually care for each other? (laughs) Because we'll make it work if we do. Yeah. Um, and he has just been so sweet through it all. And anyway, so we dated, yeah, three and a half years. And then he proposed this past year and it was very unexpected. And it was at a golf course in Waco. It was, so. it was by far the cutest proposal. And I say that because we both <laughs> golf. Okay. And can you, okay. Tell the proposal story really quick. Basically I looked like a freak and not like any, you know, everyone looks cute in their proposal pictures. Okay. That I will say Max, <laughs> but it's Max okay. didn't prepare enough for me, but it was your... like on brand. Yeah. Cause I was wearing yes, an yes, exercise yes. dress in there. Um, no, it, when we go to Waco, we always just go hit balls and it was like in November. Usually it's kind of warm, but it chose to be cold and rainy that day. And when we got back, oh, it's hilarious. The whole drive to Waco earlier in the day. I'm like, well, one day when we get married, blah, 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 blah. And he's like keeping his cool. Like, I had no clue. We we all knew. Yeah, that is so wild to me still. He did a, I, I'm like still blown are, away. Are, wait, that. are you surprised that I kept the secret? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> They definitely figured you'd I, no. I mean, I because that was actually, it was really hard for me. But did you suspect anything? No. But now I'm like, wow, people were like, everyone knew, except for me. What? I mean, like, I guess it makes I, sense. So shout out to Elle, because she took you to get your nails done that week. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I do need my nails done. They're crusty. And don't even look now. They are still crusty today. But it, it was just like so crazy. And that whole day, everyone, everyone in his family knew. And I talked to his dad when we got to their house and he like, knew. I mean, it was just like when I'm looking back, I'm like, that's so crazy. They all just kept it because I'm sitting there. I'm like, blah, 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 talk, talk. So we go to the golf course. I'm wearing a black long sleeve exercise dress with leggings under it, a puffy jacket 
in a beanie. None of it matches, by the way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cold outside. And it's windier in Waco. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, are we really about to go like hit balls? There's no one on the golf course. Literally not a soul. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go the indoor thing. This like indoor training thing. And I'm like, okay, it's heated. So I'm fine with that. So then we're in there for like an hour. He's like, oh, Alex, the pro is going to come and blah, blah, blah. And so he comes in and we're talking about they're about to redo the golf course. So we're looking at the plans. I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, And then it's like almost six o'clock so it's getting darker at that time earlier and Alex is like are y'all gonna go play a hole or what and I'm like uh are we and Max is like I just want to play this one hole before they ruin the golf course I made a hole in one on it it's a par three blah blah blah. I'm like okay and we're in this golf cart number 16 is like across the golf course like two miles away (laughs) so I'm sitting there all huddled up and I am telling him I'm like if it rains, we're leaving. Like, I am not doing this. I, uh, Being really grumpy. I'm hungry. I'm cold. Poor guy. He's really seeing me through it all. And he, and I'm telling him, I'm like, you know I love you because I'm out here right now. He's like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> So then we get to play this hole. It's a part three. So it's not a very long hole if you know golf. And the flag, I mean, you could clearly see the flag from like anywhere you are. And we're Okay, and then the golf pro's with us. He's the one filming it, which I have no idea. Apparently, I'm a very oblivious person. And we're playing. So now I'm embarrassed because I'm doing horrible in front of the golf pro at the country club. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, great. I'm lost a ball. I'm pissed now. (laughs) Like, I'm hungry, tired, cold. I'm playing bad. I'm just, like, ready to leave. And it took... I'm not kidding. 15 minutes for me to actually, basically until I saw the flag that said, will you marry me on it? Didn't notice it the whole time. Different color than a normal flag. I don't notice. He's like, hey, can you like take the flag out? (laughs) I got a putt. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, go pick it up. And I'm just standing there with it next to me. He's like, hey, can you put it back in? He's got a chip. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And then there's this good photo. I'm putting two feet in front of the hole. And the flag is just, like, blatantly there. And they're probably looking at each other like, this girl's stupid. So, finally, Alex is like, why does the flag look weird? I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, crap. And then he (laughs) bit his knee. And I was like, wow. And then he did his thing. And I made sure I said yes. And then I was like. Did your attitude change around completely? Yeah. I'm sitting there like. What? And it wasn't like I was literally shocked. I thought it was a joke or something. I'm like, is this real? And then we're in the golf cart and I'm like, what? Just happened. <laughs> and then we had a little party at the country club and it went to dinner. It was just like the sweetest time. I, I love those engagement stories where it's like, I wasn't expecting it. I was grumpy. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't dressed the right way. Because like, honestly, that is real. And that is authentic because everything is so like photoshopped nowadays in a sense. And I love that. I love the authenticity that you all had. Thank you. Can't recreate that one. That's for sure. It was a surprise. Yeah. No, you can never. But that, those are the best moments, the ones you can't recreate. You That's know? true. So you'll remember it forever. I know you will. Oh, I will. I was very cold that day. <laughs> I'll never forget. But I was wearing an exercise dress and that actually made the world to me. So Hey, if you ever wanted to get, you know, photos 
redone of that moment. You could go post, put the flag on a pole somewhere and, you know, dress in a cute white tennis like look dress. look really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it actually is great how <laughs> bad I look. But I don't look terrible did, in the photo because you, you can't tell I'm wearing leggings under a dress. No, you did not I look looked bad Amish. in the photo. Yeah, I looked Amish. It's okay. <laughs> no hate to the Amish listeners out there. I know you got to be careful what you say on here. <laughs> it's a hot take. Hot take. Quick question. What's the last one? But how have you grown in your faith the most? Uh, let's just say maybe in the past year, past few years, do you think? Yeah, I think once you become a grown-up <laughs> post-college, <laughs> um, you really get tested in ways, and you always hear people talk about finances and relationships and blah, 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 but you're just in college or before that, and you're like, okay, yeah, everyone says it. But then you actually start to experience hardships on your own, and you're the one having to mm. deal with it. Of course, I love my family, and I live close to them, which is great, and they help a lot with sickness, you know, everything. But you are starting to have to make your own decisions, and it's scary mm -hmm. because we're so brainwashed in our culture. We, we are all about us, but we're so dependent on everyone else's opinions, thoughts, actions, right? And so when you're having to deal with that on your own, it's very tricky. And so that's, for me, where I feel like I've grown. I've started to enjoy, you know, not having to take in every opinion and and just say what is true, right? Mm. I'm reading it right here. What is true? I'm being more prayerful. I'm really being intentional about the people I spend my time with or my community. And so I think in the past year or two, it's been really just maturity, mm. yeah, to say the least. I I would say I feel that too. We and I feel like us both. We did a Bible study together with my mom and her good friend Michelle and. I felt like, honestly, that was a really good uh, growth track for me yeah. on top of it because we were able to also keep each other accountable and being in the word every day, which, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like you were saying, like the truth is what helps us abide in him. Thanks for being on Hot Takes with Kate. I loved your hot takes. They were great. Uh, you know, definitely come back if you want. <laughs> of course. Yes. Of course. I'll be back with even better ones next time. I love it. Adios. Mm -hmm.